Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to the Sports Commission. Happy birthday to you. 25 years, baby. Happy birthday, Mr. Rob Higgins, to arguably the greatest sports entity in Tampa Bay. And I know that's saying something, but seriously, what a 25 years it has been for you guys, my friend. Do you remember what it was like to turn 25? You know, 20 years ago, Ryan, back when you did it. I mean, it's a pretty exciting time. So for our organization to turn 25, it's uh, it's it's awesome. The thing I would just say is there's been so many different people involved in our organization, the success of it, from you know our board of directors to our team Tampa Bay partners, the county, the city, our hotels, our event venues. You know, our, our volunteers, uh, there's been just a ton of people that have been instrumental in the success of the Sports Commission. I, I just would want to kick things off there with a big thank you to each of them because we wouldn't have lasted five years, let alone 25 years, without their incredible support. It is truly incredible uh, to know that you all have turned 25 years old given your track record, your history of success, the unbelievable events you have brought to our amazing city. I want to welcome you guys to the Game Day Everyday podcast. If you're a first-time listener here, thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Alongside Rob Higgins, the Executive Director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, I'm Ryan Bass. Uh, Rob, I got a chance to read Joey Johnston's unbelievable piece uh, on, on your website, uh, tampabaysports.org, by the way, if you guys want to go check it out. Just kind of going through and walking through not only the history of some of the great events that the Sports Commission has, has lured here to Tampa Bay, but the history of how you came on board and how the team was assembled. I learned a lot. I'm, I get to, to, you know, be kind of a part of this team kind of on a side, side note. And it's really cool to, to be engaged with you all and to be around this and to be around this family. And I see how special you are just from a, a small outsider standpoint and to get the intricate details of how you all came to be and how successful you have been. I, I just commend you, my friend. I do have to ask you though, because it has been 25 years. I'm sure there are millions of moments that you've experienced over the years. Are there three, four, five maybe that stand out to you as, as these are the pinnacle moments of, of the, the commission's 25-year run? Oh, man, it's it's hard to pick. I mean, I, I would just encourage folks to, to log on and check out Joey's article because it is a really fun trip down memory lane. It wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always easy. Um but as only Team Tampa Bay can do, we have come together in a very unique and profound way and, uh, and are all pulling in the right direction to, to make sure we're positioning ourselves to, uh, to be the premier entity in place to host sporting events. You know, as I look back at the landscape of, of, of all the different events, um, certainly there's, there's been some, some favorites, but I would never want to, uh, to go out too far on a limb. Um, but certainly the article points it out. I, I will say you can't get, you know, women's final fours for a fourth or potentially a fifth time if you don't have it the first time and the first time doesn't go well. You don't get uh, frozen four for three times without, you know, the, the first two going well. So those steps along the way are, have been so important. You know, there's uh, certainly in the article it talks about the 2007 ACC men's basketball tournament. That was such a a fun event. There's a, a lot in the article about our good friend Jeff Adams and his perspective. Those are the guys, you know, the the founding fathers of the the, the sports commission uh, that made this thing happen. They were the ones that had the vision 
for what this could turn into. I, I just was fortunate to come along 18 years ago and uh, it'd be a small part of it. But there's there's been a, a lot of a laughs, uh, a lot of tears, a lot of joy. Um, and certainly uh, it's been the one constant has been it's been a total team effort. And that's what I think we're just so proud of with, with our staff here, our board and everybody else that's been involved. And is a credit, sir, to your leadership um, and your oversight over the last 18 years, um, you know, and, and I know that you will always deflect uh, and, and give praise to those around you and deservedly so. Uh, but the work you have done, my friend, in helping to grow um, and being a leader at such a young age, by the way, when you came on board at 25. I do love Seth Greenberg, our good friend, his quote that was saying, in a few years, we're all going to be working for Rob Higgins. Ain't that the truth, ladies and gentlemen, because I find myself here in 2022 working with you and, and your great friend. And, and honestly, it has been so fun. And, and there's so much more to come, Rob, which I think is the most exciting part about this. Celebrating 25 years is awesome. But the next 25 are just going to be as great because of what is on the horizon for the Sports Commission and our amazing city. I mean, that's what I posted on, on social media when I uh, reposted Joey's article is uh, 25 years and just getting started because we truly are just getting getting started. I think the sky's the limit on where we can uh, where we can go with this. And, um, you know, we've got some great announcements that we'll talk about. We've got events that are already happening that we're going to get into as well with site visits of it. You know, I will say, though, one of my favorite stats in that article is that as a staff, we have over 80 years at the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. And I've talked about it on this show before. We feel like we have a dream team assembled here. We've got such a, a small uh, but powerful staff in terms of what they've accomplished. But the fact that these seven individuals have stayed with us as long as they have uh, and have worked as hard as they have and made sacrifices and done everything they can. I, I just couldn't, I can't thank them enough for, for all of their hard work because to have a team that's still really relatively young other than, than me have 80 years of experience all at the same organization, I think is, is very impressive. It is a dream team of sorts for sure, and, and glad to be a, a part of it as well. Uh, before we get into some announcements that are coming, and by the way, tickets are going on sale for some events, so we do want to notate that today. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, I was on hand for the Women's Final Four site visit a few weeks ago. Um, what an experience that was. I, I, I got to witness and we're you know we'll be putting together some content in terms of the behind the scenes on on um, you know that experience. but uh, let's start with that because you had the women's final four site visit. Volleyball was a few weeks ago. You got frozen four coming up, but I want to start with the one that, that I was on hand for, cause I got to really experience that firsthand. Just how you guys roll out the red carpet is, is super impressive. We love site visits. I mean, we feel like if, if people can come, uh, to our community and check it out firsthand, um, it's an awesome opportunity for us to really market our hometown. Now, you know, women's final four is an event that's been here three times previously. We have it coming back in, in 2025 for a fourth time. And so now to be pitching it for a fifth, um, it's amazing. And I, I think I, I joked when our friends at the NCAA got off uh, the plane about them being able to give the tour because they're so familiar with us. But it truly was a joke because, you know, as we, uh, you know, had them depart 24 hours later, um, there's just so many new and different things that even I at times have a hard time 
giving the tour because our community is changing every single day. So if you haven't been here in a week, a month, let alone a few years, you're not going to recognize us. And so that I think for us is a really fun aspect of these site visits. Uh, we get a chance to see all the things that uh, will take place as part of the event and our vision for it, um, as well as just giving everybody a chance to, to see how committed we are to the event and just how much enthusiasm that we have for it. It was awesome to, to have all of those NCAA leaders in town uh, and, to, and to be there to witness that event. Volleyball a couple of weeks ago, how was that site visit when they came in town? Great. Uh, we are about 15 months out, 14 months out from hosting that event. We haven't hosted since 2009, so obviously a lot has changed from that standpoint. Uh, Kristen Fazbender and the NCAA team were, were in for it, um, as well as ESPN, as we, we gear up to, to host there. That's going to be an awesome event. It's one we've missed hosting over these last 13 years and and certainly getting an opportunity to start to lay the groundwork from a planning standpoint with that site visit was a great opportunity. I'm just curious, Rob, because you, you you have these site visits relatively often. What's the one big shock factor when they come into town? Maybe that's something that's changed over the years that they go, wow, it's it, this is really, really grown. Is there one thing in particular that they, they all notice? I think the, the comment that we get the most is just how we have reinvented ourselves. And you know, and I think that's what allows events to continue to come back. Because if you if you come to an event once, when you come back, it's going to be an all new experience. We are in a community that just has one landmark or one thing that can get crossed off the bucket list. We have so many, so uh, you can keep coming back year over year and get a completely different experience. And I think that's what's been most impressive to event organizers. Also got the uh, the Frozen Four in 2023 coming up uh, here in Tampa Bay. Uh, I know that site visit is, is coming up here soon. What's the game plan as you as you welcome in our officials from from the NCAA on the hockey side? Yeah, we're less than six months out. Uh, we've been excited to be on the clock since Boston. Uh, planning meetings have already ramped up and have been going on here for for quite some time. Um, it has also uh, now they're going through their legacy presale and will be. A, on sale here uh, within the next month or so. Certainly we'll keep people up to date on the specifics of it, but that's an event certainly we love and and are really excited about as well. And it's going to be awesome come the beginning of, of April. We know how much our city wraps its arms around hockey here in Tampa Bay. I mean, I, we really are Hockey USA at the South. And it's going to be great to host that Frozen Four and have those officials coming here in town. Coming up in just a few minutes here on the podcast, we are going to hear from Jesse Cole the owner, the founder of the Savannah Bananas, uh, really the the inspiration behind what has become one of the, the biggest attractions, I would say, in the world, not just in baseball or here in the U.S. And so we're going to get a chance to chat with him as the Savannah Bananas uh, and the Banana World Tour will make its way here to Tampa coming up in April. But I want to start with some announcements, Rob, and a couple of things that uh, in terms of tickets going on sale. Uh, one of my favorite things is college basketball, you know, here in, in the Tampa Bay area, Florida and Ohio going to be playing at Tampa's Amelie Arena. Tickets going on sale for that. Um, and so that's going to be obviously a, a great, great opportunity to go see, you know, our hometown Florida Gators here. Uh, yeah, it went on sale last week. Uh, Florida, certainly no stranger to Amelie Arena. Um, have played here many times of the years, including most recently with the SEC men's basketball tournament. They're taking on the Ohio Bobcats on uh, the night of December 14th. Tickets went on sale last week. You can log on to Ticketmaster.com 
and grab your seats now uh, and, and come enjoy the, the great action come the middle of December. Always good to catch college basketball here ahead of uh, uh, hopefully hosting some more NCAA tournament games at Amelie Arena here in the years to come. Uh, the Supercross tickets, by the way, I always love when you get these Supercross uh, events that come to Raymond James Stadium. It's a real opportunity to get to see a different kind of the sports scene at Raymond James Stadium. We got tickets going on sale for that as well, too, Rob. Yeah, just went on sale this week. It's with our good friends at Feld, uh, who's one of the biggest sports and entertainment properties in the world right here in our own backyard. Uh, Monster Energy Supercross at Raymond James Stadium on the night of February the 11th. Uh, it's an event that we've hosted many times over the years, most recently posted it twice over the last three or four years, and we're excited to have it coming back. Uh, it's really unlike anything you've ever seen. We encourage folks to to come check it out. It's going to be a special night on the night of February the 11th. 2023 is going to be a heck of a year for, for if, I mean, I'm, I'm we're running through these events, Rob. And like, I mean, every single month, there's a tentpole event that's going to be taking place in our city. Yeah. I mean, I think we should probably do a time lapse on my hair because I have a feeling by the end of 2023, <laughs> there's not going to be much of it, uh, much of it left, but that's the way we like it. There's nobody complaining. Uh, and I can tell you, it's going to be quite, the birthday year round birthday celebration for our 25 years when you have all these events coming in. Uh, I could say with confidence, my friend, the grays haven't come in yet. So I think you're doing pretty good here uh, in, in terms of holding, holding off. The lighting, Cause when I look at the mirror in the morning, I can see them <laughs> starting to come in the old salt and pepper, but gives me the, the uh, distinguished look, you know, I've always been told I look young, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking a little more mature. Which uh, I, I mean, you, you know, even as a young 25-year-old, when you joined the, the Sports Commission, you, you were always more mature beyond your years. So I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, the, the hair has not caught up quite to that maturity. Uh, but you know what will be fun and what will bring out the kid in you and all of us will be the Banana Ball World Tour. So excited, Rob, for the Savannah Bananas. They are coming to Tampa Bay, baby. April 29th, Steinbrenner Field. They're going to be stopping in 33 cities. We have been lucky to be chosen as one of those destinations. Take me behind the scenes here, Rob, in terms of how we were able to land a Banana Ball World Tour and how excited we are to host this. Because I know the demand for it is through the roof. Oh, it's been incredible. I mean, we have been overwhelmed by the response. I will say, anecdotally, over the last few years, I've had people reach out and say, hey, when are you getting the Savannah Bananas? Or have you ever thought about getting the Savannah Bananas? So um, it really started with Joey Johnston. Uh, who you know, as we referenced, has wrote that great article on our website. He's written a lot of different great pieces on our website. Uh, he was doing some work with the Savannah Bananas and was gracious enough to connect me with their owner, Jesse Cole. And, uh, you know, we certainly hit it off. We started talking about the potential to bring the bananas here and we worked very quickly to make that happen. They are getting interest from across the country I'm sure we'll get into it with, with Jesse. What city in America would not want to host the Savannah Bananas? They are the hottest sports property, sports entertainment property in the world. Uh, so when we talk about what we look for in events, and it really comes down to those three things of, of economic impact, social impact, and marketing visibility, they check all of those three things in a very meaningful way. And so... It's something that we wanted to be very aggressive about. We could not be more excited. I want to thank uh, the New York Yankees and Steinbrenner Field for all of their support. 
Tony Bruno or Howard Grossworth and the entire team there played a, a very critical role in this and will continue to. And they've been the ultimate partners in making this happen. So uh, it's a relationship we're very excited about. We don't do things uh, to do them once. Our hope is to get them coming back year over year. And uh, we're just really fortunate to have been awarded this this great opportunity. Savannah Bananas are a must-see event. Uh, if you want to get a preview of what could be coming to uh, to Steinbrenner Field, and by the way, there's going to be some some newbies involved. It's not going to be the same show each and every stop. There's going to be some new new elements mixed in. But uh, ESPN's five part documentary on ESPN Plus, Banana Land, gives you a good idea of just how um, just how incredible the atmosphere is to watch the Savannah Bananas. Three and a half million followers on TikTok. That is more than any MLB team. They have cornered the market in terms of entertainment especially when it comes to making baseball fun again. And we had an unbelievable opportunity to talk to Jesse Cole, the founder of the Savannah Bananas, and truly the founder of an entertainment universe, which is now captivating the entire world. All right. We're joined by our new friend and all-around great guy, the owner of the Savannah Bananas, Jesse Cole. Jesse, welcome to the show. Yes, yes. Fired up to be with you guys. And, and for those that are listening, um, while we do a video version of this that we encourage folks to uh, check out on our YouTube channel, Jesse is wearing his trademark yellow suit slash tuxedo with top hat. And I want to start with that. How many of those, Jesse, do you own? <laughs> I've stayed true to about seven over the last uh, couple <laughs> of years. So I, I've got seven. I've got a lot behind me. It's kind of scary. Uh, but my wife's still married to me. So I got that going for me. I'm just Rob. You did not. You did not warn me appropriately. I'm dressed in all black. I could not be more generic. And Jesse comes in and just lights up this entire podcast. Like I love this. Hey, there's a power to black and yellow. There's something to be said about that. All right, we'll just <laughs> rock and roll. Well, I, I tell you, there's a pretty good chance if I can find one online that not only will I wear it on April 29th to Steinbrenner Field, but I could be wearing it in a couple weeks for Halloween as well. I've already seen on social media. In all seriousness, I've seen in social media like these little kids dressed up for halloween as as jesse uh, like how are you blown away by that jesse like when you see a little kid wanting to 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 wear uh be you for halloween that's gotta be a pretty cool thing well at first i checked the parents like you know parenting you know to, to allow their kids to try to be like me in a yellow tuxedo but now it's you know there's hundreds of people being bananas for halloween we've already got sent tons of pictures and i've definitely seen people uh even adults in a yellow tuxedo so uh, it's it's weird, but it's you know it's fun. We're trying to bring joy and make baseball fun. And if people want to join in on that, you know, let's go, let's go, let's do it. Jesse, what you have created with the Savannah Bananas and the fan experience is unparalleled, in my opinion. Um, you know, and a lot of people can draw comparisons to the Harlem Globetrotters, but you guys are truly making baseball fun. One of the things that I love about you and that I was inspired by listening to is you have these like five E's, which I think are really cool in terms of getting fans involved in engagement, eliminate friction, entertain always, experiment constantly, engage deeply, empower action. Wow. And that's kind of your, I, I'm, I'm going to put that on my wall here. You nailed it. <laughs> but can you talk about that and just how successful the Savannah Bananas have become? And ha could you even imagine this in your wildest dreams? Well, you know, at this time, you know, six years ago, six and a half years ago, my wife and I were sleeping on an airbed. We only sold a handful of tickets. Uh, we overdrafted our account. We were literally grocery shopping with only $30 for an entire week to eat, which is not real food. So, you know, to go back to that perspective, to where we are now with 
you know, every game sold out and a wait list in the hundreds of thousands now. And, and what's happened with major league teams reaching out to us and 5 million social media followers, you never would expect that. But that was never the goal. You know, the goal is very simple. We want to make baseball fun, create the greatest show in sports and create a fan experience that's remarkable. And so we just started doing it, iterating, iterating, iterating. So many things we do fail. The first time we did all inclusive at our ballpark was a disaster. I mean, people waited for two plus hours. I mean, the horsehead races, the living pinata, salute to underwear night, flatulence fun night. I mean, I could go on on all the failures that we've had, but I would argue that we learn faster than anyone else because we do between 10 to 15 promotions new every single night and i would say nine to 13 don't work but they're usually a couple gold and many people have seen those ones well you guys are, are certainly killing it but i, I want to look behind the yellow tux a little bit here and, and talk about you growing up um you know what what was it like as a kid growing up i mean what did you dream of back then uh because you have so many kids in the in the stands now <laughs> Uh, you know, Banana Land, our ESPN five-part documentary series on ESPN Plus, uh, you know, covered that pretty well. Uh, you know, I was an only child, just a kid trying to make my dad proud. And, you know, I wanted to play professional baseball, grew up in Massachusetts with the dream to play for the Red Sox, was bat boy for the Red Sox for a game when I was five, got to pitch at Fenway when I was 20. Talk about adrenaline during that game. Um, and then, you know, what's what's crazy is the Red Sox invited us to go to the stadium just about a month ago with the goal of playing banana ball at their stadium. So that the dream has really taken a whole nother level. But yeah, I was a kid who loved playing the game. And I had that big dream. I got a full college scholarship, had professional scouts, tore my shoulder, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And what I realized was that I actually took the game too seriously. And I think so many players, high school, college, especially professional, because it's all about getting to that next level, getting to, you know, play at the highest level possible. And that takes away the fun of the game. And so I'm trying to bring that back and give that to more players. You're not only bringing that back. I think you would, you exude that uh, in your enthusiasm, obviously, and um, in the ensemble as well, but what you stand for. And I love what you said, because I'm an only child, too, trying to make my dad proud. Um, and I try to do that each and every day. And so I love that. Your your inspirations, you know, can you take me through kind of where they they come from, Jesse? I mean, obviously, I know you, you looked up to Walt Disney, um, you know, but, but where have those inspirations come from? You know, I know this is not just you. There's an entire team, especially behind... You know, a lot of the, you know, the, the, the different things that you do at the ballpark to attract fans. But what what inspirations would you say you've drawn from? Well, I'll go back to when I was 23 years old and I took over a team in Gastonia, North Carolina. And so I was a I was a GM of arguably the worst team in the entire country with two hundred and sixty eight dollars in the bank account my first day and only 200 fans coming to the games. And the team had lost one hundred thousand dollars the previous year. What was I doing? And at that point, I had to learn. And I was the top guy on this team. And so, yeah, I did not read about the sports industry. I read Walt Disney, P.T. Barnum, Bill Veck, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs. Um, I started reading about true innovators, people that have big dreams and execute you know, better than anyone else. And so that's when I started to get inspiration. And I think, you know, it's really come home. I mean, you know, P.T. Barnum thinks bigger than anyone else. He said, without promotion, something terrible happens. Nothing. And so I'm always thinking about how to promote, how to create attention. And Walt Disney, the vision, you know, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. All of our dreams can come true if you have the courage to pursue them. And the one quote that stands out to me that no one talks about from Walt is he once said, money doesn't excite me. My ideas excite me. And every day I write down 10 ideas. Most of them aren't good. But I've been doing this for about seven years now. Thousands of bad ideas, but a few good ones. And ideas drive our entire company. We have idea paloozas, OTC sessions, over the top ideas. That's where the bat on fire, the split batter, the three-two-two dance we do in the middle of the game. That's where all of those come from. Is those idea sessions? So our company is driven by ideas. 
there's no doubt it's also driven by culture. I mean, how important has that buy-in been from, you know, every person around Banana Land making sure uh, that they're bought into the ideation as well as the execution? Well, to go back, no one wanted to work for us when we first started. A team named after a fruit? I mean, literally, we were criticized. It was hard to get players. They were like, I'm not playing for the bananas. Um, but what we do is we are so adamant about who we are and what we stand for. I mean, we talk about fans first, fans first, fans first until we're blue in the face. You know, I screamed from the mountaintops. And so now, because they see all the social media and the followers, we've attracted people that want to be part of our culture. And we don't hire fast. It takes months. I mean, you have to do a video cover letter. You have to do a fans first essay on our six core beliefs. And you have to do a future resume because we don't want to know what you want to do in the past. We want to know what you want to do in the future. And right now we have over 2,000 on our wait list to want to work with us, which is like doesn't make sense in the job market the way it is today. But I think we we just are so confident on who we are and who we are not for. You know, we are for people that want to have fun, that want to be around each other, that are driven by energy and ideas, enthusiasm. And uh, we start to attract a lot more people like that. Jesse, I want to get into the tour here in a second, but I have a sidebar question for you. So uh, in addition to my work here with Rob and the team, I, I do work with the Tampa Bay Rays as one of their, their sideline reporters uh, for Valley Sports. I love the game of baseball. Uh, I grew up with it. Uh, it's It's been a part of my family for decades. How have MLB teams reached out to you in terms of what you do, how to make the game more fun? And how do you feel like what you guys have built, how can that be merged with what Major League Baseball is doing to truly make the game a much more fan, fun, millennial experience. Yeah. Well, about a year ago, we were the redheaded stepchild. I don't think anybody in Major League Baseball wanted to talk to us. You know, I was fortunate to get opportunities to speak in front of billion dollar companies. And even today, you know, I speak in front of 10,000 people or huge events at football stadiums. But Major League Baseball was never really interested until this past year. And I think we've heard from now eight to 10 Major League teams. And what's happening is they're actually booking us to speak. I've spoke to the entire uh, San Francisco Giants front office, including their president, Larry Bear. I spoke to the, the uh, Boston Red Sox when we came up there. And so I think baseball and any major sports, they have some tremendous minds, brilliant minds, innovators. They're just challenged with the way things have always been done. They're challenged with the red tape. So these guys like the Red Sox and the, uh, and the Giants and then the Diamondbacks came and visited us too. And they, 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 they want to do so much but their hands are tied. And so I think they see us as like, man, we wish we could do some of that stuff with our players, but we can. And I think that's, you know, that's the reality of the situation, but we're glad to help. Uh, we see a great partnership. We see us playing at numerous major league stadiums. We're already doing many spring training homes, as you guys know, obviously uh, a couple in Florida, a couple in Arizona, and we're going to keep growing that. Do you have a, a singular favorite moment as, a, as an owner? Is there, is there a moment that you look back on, whether it be recently or throughout the journey where, um, you just look back and say, wow, this is, uh, we've come a long way. Yeah, there, there, there's two. And uh, there's, I, I think when you're on your deathbed, you know, at the end of life, you should think about moments, not about money, not about what you, you know, bought in your life, but the moments and the memories. And I think a lot about that. And fortunately, I have some moments that really stand out. You know, the first one city world tour. And yes, you heard that correctly. We did a one city world tour. Again, PT Barnum and us, we're going to create attention. We did it in Mobile, Alabama. And the first night was a disaster. Uh, the national anthem singer missed the, uh, couldn't get there in time because the lines were so backed up with cars. People couldn't get there. It was chaos, uh, audio issues, disaster. We learned, get through the messy to get to the great. But night two, we figured some things out. And so night two, it's it's amazing night, walk off win, surprise fireworks show, PT Barnum soundtrack, greatest showman. And then at the end of the night, 
we have our big plaza party where the band plays music and all the players cast are signing autographs. And I'll never forget this moment. So I'm running out there like a kid in a candy store. It was like, we did this hundreds of miles away. We sold out. People loved it. We can do this. We can do this. And so the band keeps playing, but the fans aren't leaving. So the fans just aren't leaving. And at that point, I look over and the, and the drummer's just doing a solo because all like the trumpets and trombones and saxophones are just like, <gasps> like absolutely exhausted. And so finally, after an hour, fans hadn't left. But I watched the tuba player come out and he starts playing the opening beats of uh, Stand By Me. And I watch what happens next, and I'll never forget it. The players, the cast, the Mananas, the staff, the fans, the fans all put their arms around each other. It's a huge circle that's formed, like 100 plus people. And everyone is singing, stand by me. I got goosebumps because at that moment I knew we're going to take this all over the world. There's nothing like this anywhere else. And now at the end of every single game, you'll see it in Tampa, you'll see it in Nashville, you'll see it everywhere. We get together, the huge group of people. Players, you might have a Bill Leroy, the biggest player right next to a, a fan. You might have stilts up here like this around another fan or a manana, and we're singing Stand By Me. And that is uh, what Walt Disney would say with his fireworks. It's our kiss goodnight. Man, I got, I got, I got chills just listening to you describe that um, in that moment. You know, you're right. You went from a one-city world tour to, to now you're, you're going to go seven cities, 33. I mean, it's, it's going to be incredible. Obviously, we talked about you know, the Tampa Bay, you know, aspect, obviously Nashville, where I am and it's what my time is going to be, um, you know, featured in this as well. But how excited are you for this banana ball world tour that's coming up, especially your appearance at Steinbrenner Field on April 29th? Yeah, I mean, it's it's special. I mean, the reality is uh, <laughs> we we said goodbye to traditional baseball, which upset a lot of people. I mean, people said this is Jesse's joke. They're going to fail. They're not going to sell a ticket. We had a lot of, you know, naysayers and criticism, which again, if you're not getting criticized, you're playing a two safe. So literally in August, we announced we're going all in a banana ball because we've watched our fans. We watched 98% of our fans stay till the end of the game. We watched the reactions. We watched kids don't want to get out of their seats. It's a whole different game than any other minor league or major league experience. So we went all in on it. And now, you know, I think Emily, my wife is like, all right, Jesse, last year, we're going to do four cities. You did seven. I think we were hoping for like 15. And you're doing 33. Um, yes. And we turned away probably 50 to 60 cities. We're still turning around every day. They're like, you're coming to Des Moines. Can you just come over to our ballpark? I'm like, no, we can't. There's a method to the madness. But the reality is um, we learn by doing. And so if we're going to perform in front of half a million fans at Major League Spring Training Homes, at you know uh, old ballparks, new ballparks, new partnerships, Major League Teams partnerships, we will learn faster. I have no idea how we're going to fly 140 people to California and do four cities in California up and down the coast and get back. I have no idea how all of our merchandises get there, all of our equipment. I mean, we do our own uh, broadcast, literally with like six cameras. I have no idea, but you better believe we're going to learn and it'll be messy, but just wait till next year. And that's what I, I want to keep coming up to bat, keep coming up to bat, keep coming up to bat and learn faster than anyone else. Ryan and I were talking a little bit before uh, you logged on just about how impressed we've been with the the interest locally uh, and the interest in your fans and coming out on April 29th to, to Steinbrenner Field. From your perspective, uh, you know, what have you thought of the response? Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> when we did our live draft, were you guys able to watch our live announcement? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, oh, yeah, you messaged me. We, we did our live announcement and we end up having, it was when it came, it was all sudden down 28,000 unique viewers watching us announce where we're going like which to give in context like that's some of the numbers major league teams get for like you know broadcast games not on national tv like which is crazy to me so then then that's when the real problem happened at eight o'clock exactly when the, the draft end uh fifty five thousand people went to our website at the exact same point and shut down our website not for a few hours for 48 hours but somehow people started finding it. we had that first night we had 786 voicemails 
overnight that we came to the next morning. Like, what do we do now? Um, and Tampa Bay was literally one of the top 10, maybe top seven response. We've had requests in Tampa Bay for groups for over 10,000 tickets and the individual list to get tickets, I think is around eight or 9,000. So Steinbrenner Field became small, which I never expected that to happen. And now it's very small and we're going to look at doing whatever we can to take care of as many people. Rob, I'm pumped. I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. I mean, I, I want to be a part of the experience. This is awesome. It's going to be great. It. it really is. And Jesse, for, for those that haven't already um, gone online, uh, because the website is working now. We're, we're back up. We're back up, baby. Way, what is the best way to get in line online uh, to, to be a part of the fun on April 29th? Yeah, well, we referenced earlier about eliminating friction, and we try to keep things very, very simple. So it's see Banana Ball on the road. Click on it. If you have a group of 10 or more, you can actually get tickets. If you're just an individual family, two, four, six, you click on that list, and then we're going to open that up once we get a little closer. But yeah, that's it's as simple as that. And it's uh, we've had to hire a lot of more people, let's put it that way. And what we heard from a lot of the different cities and venues, they'd have people on phones more and people like getting the more traffic to their website, which is great because it's just trying to spread the fun and, and you know again, get more people excited about this. Eliminate well, friction, entertain always, experiment constantly, engage deeply, and empower action. Love Nailed it. it, my friend. Well, I tell you what, we truly appreciate the opportunity. I know when when I reached out to you, you you'd gotten interest from a, a ton of cities. You gave us uh, a chance. We hope and expect this to be a, a long term partnership because it, it truly is a match made in heaven, uh, and we can't wait for the spring. Well, thank you, and I want to lean in on that. That's the one question we get asked is we get numerous more calls from people. You know, how come? How did you choose those cities? They're some are unique. Why would you choose that city over this city? And the number one thing we look for is interest and buy-in from the people that are putting on the event, because we care so much about fans. If they're willing to put something in, put their effort, their time, their resources into it, they will make sure that they deliver a good experience. If it's just like, oh, we'll take you guys. Our fans get there early. Like you better believe that Saturday. I mean, in Kansas City, our fans were tailgating at 11 a.m. Like it is a different type of crowd. They actually rushed the security, which scared the crap out of me in a whole nother way. But our fans are different. So we got to make sure the venues and the people can take care of them. And that's why we look for, hey, is there literal buy-in from this group? And your energy and enthusiasm, I would say, was as good as any. And so thank you for believing in what we're doing because I know the event's going to be spectacular. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for joining the show today. And uh, good luck between now and then. We've got plenty of work ahead of us, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're, we're going to work together to put the fans first, that's for sure. Yep. And just make sure everyone... Get there early, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. We got some plans already for Tampa Bay of things we've never done, never even imagined. It's going to be some, it's going to be pretty unforgettable. Man, it was great catching up with Jesse Cole. Uh, he's such an inspiration to everybody in sports business and outside of as well. So to get an opportunity to visit with him directly like we did was phenomenal. The one thing I was a little nervous to ask though, Ryan, and maybe we ease into this is if you and I, if we do buy the yellow tuxes and wear them on April 29th, if we could get in on some of the TikTok action. I mean, I probably need to practice a little bit if that's the case and know what we're doing. But I think I think with the right amount of practice, we could wind up in one of those TikToks, buddy. Uh, look, I, I think we could. Um, you know, my goal has always been to, to go viral on TikTok. I, I you know. Uh, I might actually reach out to Miss Laney Higgins, who's who's done some great jobs going viral on on different social media platforms for some advice. But I, I'll tell you what, buddy, I think you and I doing cartwheels in a banana, you know, yellow suit would be that would be quite the entertainment. I think people would pay to see at Steinbrenner Field. Absolutely. So when I'm on Amazon.com searching for a yellow tux, 
I will not only get one, but two. And then you and I can corner Jesse before uh, April 29th and see if we can see if we can make it happen. Now, in addition to the yellow tuxes, there's other things just to get you in the right mindset related to bananas that we need to be doing. We need to be consuming plenty of banana bread, okay. uh, plenty of banana pudding. Um, neither of those two items were on the menu at Tailgate Taste Fest this past weekend. Mm. Okay. I can tell you, uh, there was a lot of great food. I'm going to need to be exercising it off for a while. And I just want to commend Jenna and Jordan from our team, as well as the entire staff on an awesome job. We've been doing it now for, for eight years. Um, the park was electric. It was packed. We had great weather. We had great food. We had great fun, great football on the uh on the tvs big screens as well couldn't have dialed up a better game with with tennessee alabama but just an awesome atmosphere and it's just great to be able to utilize the park like we do for those big events on an annual basis and stay in great contact with awesome vendors and relationships across the board so uh another great event just want to give uh, a lot of kudos to to our team with jenna and jordan lead the way yeah, Jenna did a, did a fantastic job at that event. And one of the things that I love about what you all do and what our city offers, Rob, is the footprint that we can expand. I mean, we've talked so much about different spots of where Amelie Arena and George Steinbrenner Field and Curtis Hickson Park and obviously the Julian B. Lane Riverfront. Uh, there are so many different opportunities for us to use our, our incredible city and footprint to put on events. And one of those is going to be the Tournament Sportsplex at Tampa Bay, which is a really cool multi-use facility. That'll be hosting the USA Field Hockey events that are coming up. I, I, I know we're excited for the extension that was announced there. A couple more years of events uh, at, at minimum here, Rob, with USA Field Hockey. So really awesome. We're going to get to utilize that facility and have, uh, have those great events here uh, as well coming up in uh, the Thanksgiving uh, timeframe between 23 and 24. Yeah, USA Field Hockey has been fantastic partners of, of ours. And so to get that extension uh, for 23 and 24 – for the National Hockey Festival is is awesome. And we just want to thank USA Field Hockey for it. Certainly want to uh, commend Jason Augie, uh, who for years worked on, on bringing it here, as well as Tony Diaz from our team, as, as well as the Sports Authority who manages uh, the sports plaque. So another great youth and amateur event headed our way. Certainly, as we've talked about, uh, that's our our bread and butter and continuing to fill the hotels each and every weekend for all the tourism and hospitality employees here. So an announcement that we're really excited about. Now that I'm looking at you, Rob, I do see a few gray hairs popping up now that we mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a stressful 2023 for you, buddy. So um, you might want to invest in, you know, some, some coloration or anything that you can do to, to kind of get that out of there, you know? Hey, I just wanted to point out for those that are that are only listening that he, when he said coloration, he pointed at his hair like he is in <laughs> fact using some some coloring product. So I don't want to call you out, but if you have recommendations on product that I should be investigating to help weed out I some got you. salt in my pepper, you just let me know, my friend, because it seems like you may be a user there. I will tell you, and this is something where I've I've uh, I've started to show my age as I as I creep towards my thirty fourth birthday here coming up. In the mirror, I've seen some some salt and pepper in the beard here, which has started to emerge. And and thirty uh, three is the year where those started to pop up. So I'm a little little worried about what I'm going to look like about ten years from now. So maybe you have some advice for me since you you have stayed youthful 
my friend, in terms of uh, with all, everything you balance. I mean, yeah. your youth is incredible. I'm not going to be shy. When I color my hair, you'll know. It. When I go to the <laughs> Botox route, you'll know. It. Because my friend, we are turning back the clock at some point. I don't know whether it's going to be a 45 or, or 50 or some One of those in that range, uh, the fountain of youth is coming. And I'm not going to be shy admitting to how I got to it. Can't wait to see you at the helm of the Sports Commission 25 years from now, buddy. Still looking as beautiful, bright, young as you are. Uh, cheers, my friend, to the past 25 or 18 since you've been uh, running the running the fold here and, and to what's to come, 23, 24, and beyond. Uh, really excited. Grateful to be a part of this team, man. Grateful to, to be around your presence and, and the entire 80 years of combined experience you have with your group. What a fun ride it's been, and it's only the beginning, buddy. That's right. The best is yet to come, that's for sure.